The other day, I went to Whataburger with our foster daughter. Uh, it was actually for a meeting. And we get there, and she just, like, walk, we walk in the door, and she's just screaming, bloody murder. Like, it is an octave level that I don't know how she hits. Um, so she's really upset, and I'm like, okay, let me, let me try a few things. I popped the pacifier back in, like, 10 or 12 times. Um, got her out of the car seat. I'm patting her. I'm doing all the dad tricks I know. I've got, like, three. Um, and I was already running late that morning because I had to rush out the door. She had had some blowouts, so I had to um, rush out the door, and so I'm looking around. I'm like, all right, I, I remember she's hungry. Like, this will fix everything, and I'm looking around. I can't find the diaper bag anywhere. I don't know where I put that thing. I left it at home, but at the time, I was like, oh, no. I put it on top of the car. That thing's on 80. I don't know where it's at, um, but it was, it was crazy. Like, the weirdest thing was I am looking for the diaper bag to get the bottle, and when I couldn't find it, I had this look of panic, and it's almost like she knew, and she was like, and just the loudest scream you could ever imagine, and we had just sat down, like, for our food. Our food's coming. I'm still recovering, actually, from the hearing loss, Um, but so what we did was we just ate outside on the sidewalk, Um, and it was wonderful. It was amazing, but... um, Our text this morning is a call for us to be exactly this way, like Scarlet, for the sake of our spiritual growth. It's a call to cry out, to long for the spiritual milk that provides spiritual growth. So uh, as we read, just think of sanctification. Do you want to read your Bible and enjoy it more? Do you long to respond to your kids in better ways than you do now? Do you long to... Uh, Do you desire to be a spouse that loves well? Do you want to love your neighbor well? Do you want to pray for other people to come to faith? Do you see other men and women and admire their walks with the Lord and want to be like them? Do you want to grow in any way that you can think of spiritually? The marks of believers is that we should have pictures of who we want to be and should be heading that direction by God's grace. God has given us these desires and these, these pictures as a picture of the redeemed us. There is a perfect us who responds well in every circumstance and loves all without any hesitation. It is the redeemed us, the us that we will be in eternity with Jesus. It's the, it's the fully sanctified and the holy us, but this us is not here yet. Salvation here, as Peter writes, this is a future reality. So in the meantime, God calls us to be like newborn infants to long for the spiritual milk that will grow us up into who we already are in Jesus. How do we do this? From the text, we as newborn infants are to put away and to long for. We put away all malice and deceit and other evil acts because they are not sustenance. They are merely a pacifier when what we really need is the bottle. They're not going to work. And then the second thing is we long for, we crave, we desire, we cry out for that which is truly going to help us grow. So let's look at the first one. Put away, if you look at verse one again. So put away all malice and all deceit and hypocrisy and envy and all slander. To put away um, is a Greek Olympian term and it's actually really cool, apotithemi. I love saying that. Um, But it literally means to disrobe. Take off your clothes, which is a little weird for us, but totally normal for these men and women when they read this um, because they're Greek. And the Olympians at the time, 
they would run completely naked because they didn't want any sort of thing to hinder their running. Um, so it was just totally cultural, nor- culturally normal, um, but same concept. Literally take off these actions. Lay them aside for good. So what are we going to take off? Part of our sanctification, our spiritual growth, is laying aside these actions. Let's just walk through them one by one. Malice, all malice, means to be pleased with another person's harm. It's, a, it's literally the Greek word for hunt. Hunting down another human being. Think revenge. And the men, that, that, uh, the men and women that Peter is writing to, they want this. They're exiles. They've been treated wrongfully for something they didn't do. They were kicked out of their homes and they lost everything that they knew. And so now they're exiles. They're living in a land that they don't know. Like, can you imagine if that happened to Texans? Like, come and, come and take it, those banners? Listen, revenge is sweet. Revenge is sweet, but not for the believer who has tasted the goodness of the Lord. Has anybody injured you? Are you angry with anyone because of what they've done to you? Take off the weapon. Deceit. Peter, he was a fisherman, and this is really cool because it's a Greek fishing term, um, but it just means to bait the hook. All crafty tricks, all falsehood, exaggeration, double meanings, white lies, everything that is in the camp of deception. How are you doing? I'm great. Take it off. Do you tend to exaggerate? Do you bend the narrative to make yourself look better? When you confess sin, do you tell the whole sin? When you sin, do you hide it? Put away the hook. Hypocrisy. Um, This one is actually a Greek theatrical term, meaning to put on a mask, which is literally hiding under a false appearance. Um, A hypocrite acts differently than who they are. Just think an actor. And I have just the perfect, the perfect illustration of what a hypocrite truly is, if you'll show. are you? What are you talking about? I'm Santa Claus. No, you're not. Uh, why, of course I am. <laughs> you're Santa. What song did I sing for you on your birthday this year? Uh, happy birthday, of course. <laughs> yeah, so, uh, how old are you, son? Four. You're a big boy. What's your name? Paul. And uh, what can I Paul, get you for Christmas? Don't tell him what you want. He's a liar. Let the kid talk. You disgust me. How can you live with yourself? Just cool it, Zippy. You sit on a throne of lies. Look, I'm not kidding. You're a fake. I'm a fake? Yes. How'd you like to be dead? Huh? Sorry, he's kidding. You stink. I think you're gonna have a good Christmas, all right? You smell like beef and cheese. You don't smell like Santa. Okay. He's a I just forgot to 
to take it off a loop. Sorry about that. Um, <laughs> hypocrisy is to sit on a throne of lies, just like Santa. Um, so <laughs> are you play acting? Do you, do you have an outward show? When asked about your life, do you cover sin or shame or hurt with a mask? How does your behavior on Sunday compare with your behavior Monday through Saturday? Take the mask off. Envy describes the pain felt at the sight of excellence or happiness. So not just wanting what another person has, but also resenting that person for having it. When we envy, uh, we don't want to see the good, of, the good of others because we ourselves feel bad. Do you hold any envy over a brother or sister because of what they have or what they look like? Do you envy that woman or that man? Put it away. Slander, which the last one is uh, just another word for gossip, but Charles Spurgeon said it this way, a Christian should have nothing to do with scandal, but should say in a company, stop, I cannot sit by and hear you say that of an absent person. If you were here, you might say what you liked, but as he is not, please hold your tongue, for I am here as a defender of those who are backbitten. Every absent man or woman should have an advocate in a Christian. Do you gossip? Do you talk down to or about anyone? Take it off. Newborn children, they have no malice. They have no deceit. They have no hypocrisy. They have no envy. They have no slanderings. They're clear from any of these evils. It would be better to be infants, not speaking at all, than to be among those who speak evil. Each of these are the opposite of what God, of what God had called us to. If you look back up to chapter 1, verse 22. Having purified your souls by your obedience to the truth for a sincere brotherly love, love one another earnestly from a pure heart. And then in verse 1, at the very beginning, it starts with so, which is to say, now that we have been loved by this great love, now that we have the love of Jesus, we are called to love by putting away by taking off the old self that did these evil things that are the opposite of love. 2 Corinthians 5.17 says, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has passed away. Behold, the new has come. And part of this passing away of the old <clears throat> is the Spirit working in us to put the old man of sin to death. We must always be killing sin or sin will be killing us. If we are to be like newborn babies, then these acts these evil acts that we just read are junk food. Do you know what happens when a hot Cheeto is given to a baby? It's horrible. Not that I know personally. But nothing good comes from it. In the book of Ezekiel, God just came to him in a vision. Uh, what happened was they were exiled. So they're just like uh, Ezekiel and, and Israel and Judah. They had just been kicked from Israel. It's <coughs> And so now they're exiles. Um, and so God just shows up to Ezekiel in a vision and he speaks to him about Israel and, and their idolatry and why God is actually putting them through this trial. Um, and so he just talks about their sin and he says it this way in Ezekiel 7. 
their silver and gold, or just put in idols, are not able to deliver them in the day of the wrath of the Lord. They cannot satisfy their hunger or fill their stomachs with it. Fill in the blank. If you take out silver and gold, fill in the blank with any of our sins. They are not able to deliver us. This is our sin and sinful actions. We put them to death because they don't satisfy anyway. So how? How do we put these things to death? How do we kill sin? Do we try harder? Do we just be better? Absolutely not. That's impossible. This is our nature. This is who we are in the old self. So no amount of self-love or self-determination or self-discipline can help. More of the problem, self, will not fix the problem, self. Which is why self-help really isn't help at all. Sin is a matter of the heart, and there is only one way to change a heart through what our text describes as our pure spiritual milk. How do we grow up into more of an image of Jesus? How do we grow up into this this image, this picture that God has given us of who we can be, of who we will be one day? How do we grow up into that person? How do we grow spiritually at all? Other things can only do so much. We need sustenance. We need something to fill our gut that will nourish us and grow us. We put away. We take off the old man and the old woman, but we also long for, we desire, we crave, we cry out for that which will sustain us, our spiritual milk. This is point two, if you are following in that regard. Long for, like newborn, if you look at verse two, Like newborn infants, long for the pure spiritual milk that by it you may grow up into salvation. The word for long literally means to crave or desire or passionately pursue. So this is just another good quality of a baby. As we are to be like them in what they are not, let us also be like them in what they are, what they do. Infants don't simply prefer milk. Like it's not just like, I think I'll have milk later today. It's a blood-curdling scream. I've got to have it or I'm going to die. I don't know any better. I've got to have it. It's a desperate desire, screaming their lungs out type of desiring, as in a, if I don't have this, I'm going to die type of desire, type of longing for. We find in our text a, a command to do exactly this. What's the spiritual milk that we are to cry out for? Our answer is actually found in verse 3. If indeed you have tasted that the Lord is good. The spiritual milk that we're to long for is the goodness of the Lord. The spiritual milk that we're to long for, desire desperately, cry out for, is the good news of Jesus Christ. You know what doesn't work? Giving a baby like a taste of a bottle and then giving them a bottle with something else in it. They're not going to like that. If we have tasted that the Lord is good, we will crave the word of God because in it, we see the good news of the gospel. We see Jesus in every narrative. We see the good news of the gospel at work in every passage. We see the story of redemption throughout from Genesis to Revelation through the blood of Jesus Christ alone. And if we have tasted this salvation, if we have tasted this milk, then we will crave it just like a baby craves and cries out for their bottle. Nothing else satisfies. 
Anyone can read the word of God, but what marks the believer is that there is no other taste like it. We have to have it. Going back to Ezekiel, he was in the same position as the people that Peter is writing to here. He's exiled. He's kicked out of his home. Um, and one thing that, that God literally tells him, he's, he's trying to show him, like, look, you're going to be a prophet. Everything that I say to you, you're going to say to Israel. You're going to say to, um, to my people. And this is found at the end of chapter 2. So I opened my mouth, and he gave me this scroll to eat. And he said to me, Son of man, feed your belly with this scroll that I give you and fill your stomach with it. Then I ate it, and it was in my mouth as sweet as honey. This is the word of God. There is no spiritual growth. There is no sanctification. There is no growing up into more of an image of Jesus without the sweet as honey word of God. Do you spend time devouring it? Do you find yourself spiritually drained and tired if you don't get it? Do you cry out like a screaming infant for this kind of milk? Do you want to grow in your faith and understanding of the gospel? It's right here. If we have tasted the goodness of the Lord, then nothing else will or can ultimately satisfy. Uh, just remember Ezekiel 7. Like it won't fill our stomachs. It will not satisfy us. Malice and evil deceit and slander will not fill our spiritual bellies, so we change our diet. We feast instead on the goodness of the Lord found in the word of God, and then in that we find the gospel of Jesus Christ. There is no love without having been loved first by Jesus. We find that in the word. There is no putting away the old self without Jesus putting it away once and for all on the cross. We find that in the word. Jesus was killed for our hypocrisy. Jesus was slain for our slander. Jesus never once was deceitful or malicious or envious toward anyone. Yet the wrath of God for all of these actions was poured out fully on Jesus at the cross for our sins. And we find that in the word. We put away evil actions only if Jesus put them away effectually. But since he has... We put them away by the power of the Spirit that, that the Spirit provides us as He dwells inside of us and we no longer eat the junk food. We no longer eat the junk food that doesn't grow us and we crave and we desire and we scream out for the Word of God that is our spiritual milk that grows us. This is how we grow. If you go back to the, just the questions at the beginning, growing into this image, growing into the, the picture that God has placed inside of you of the, look, this is what you can be. The way that we get there, the way that we grow in sanctification is only by the word. But the promise is we do see growth. You and I can grow in generosity. We can grow in love. We can grow in prayer. We can grow in praying for the unbelievers of the world. We can grow in craving the word. We can grow in our faith. Our faith is something that can get stronger. Whatever it is spiritual that we desire, we can grow. The promise is right here. And just remember the end result. All this is growing us up unto salvation. This is the future reality that we are growing to. The one day when you and I will be in the presence of our Father. 
There will be no trace of malice or deceit or hypocrisy or envy or slander in our lives. The old man, the old woman will be completely passed away. We will be completely and absolutely fulfilled and sustained by the true sustenance and he'll be right there with us. What we only see glimpses of here and now, what we have to struggle and fight for right here, right now, one day will be our reality. That is why we crave that which will truly grow us. This is exactly the news that our original audience needed to hear because they're exiled. They're walking through different towns. Maybe they get to stay there, maybe they don't. <coughs> Sorry, I just coughed all over you guys. Went should have gone this arm. Um, but they're, they're physically malnourished. They're walking through. They, they've got all of their belongings. They've got everything with them. They're starving. So Peter plays on that. That which you need for growth and sustenance, that which will make healthy saints, is God's word. And just think of God's grace in all of this. <coughs> Almost had it. Going back to our foster daughter, the truth is this whole process is completely dependent upon other people. She wasn't born by her power. She doesn't get a bottle on her power. She doesn't grow by her power. All of these have been works of others. The same is true for you and I. We are born again, work of God. We drink, we desire and crave and long for this drink. We cry out for it. God gives it to us in the word. And the growth that we see is only by this word, by believing the gospel. And then finally, the salvation of our souls. Our salvation is based only on the work of Christ. Christ lived a, a life of perfection on our behalf to give us that perfection and to take every one of our evil sins, all of our malice, all of our deceit, onto himself to kill him forever. And to be raised again to life that you and I may be too. All of it, every single piece of it, is a gracious work of our Heavenly Father. That is why we sing songs like, Come to me, you weary, burdened, and rest. Even the work that we're called to do, like putting away, like uh, craving and crying out for, even the work that we're called to do only ever comes uh, after the work of God to, to make us reborn, to put us in this position in the first place. We are reborn, and like reborn infants, we crave, we cry out for, <clears throat> we crawl with all of our might, we fight for the good news of the gospel found in God's word. The truth of the gospel is that we have been redeemed. And so now the work of God in our lives is to make us become what in Jesus we already are. We grow into the final salvation by feasting on the sweetest taste in the world. The spiritual milk of the gospel and God's word. Do you fight this way? Do you cry out? Do you crave the word in this way? My challenge for us this week as a church is before you eat, read a chapter. Read a verse, read a passage. 
let the word of God fill you up. When you feel yourself getting physically hungry, let that remind you of your true and deeper uh, hunger that you have. Before you eat, whether it's breakfast or lunch or dinner, dine on the sweet word first. And it's as easy as pulling out your phone or uh, Bible if you have it. It doesn't have to be a super uh, structured thing. Just read. Let the word of God fill you up. This is where we find our growth. As you get hungry this week, let that remind you. So uh, we're going to feast together on this meal together uh, in the Lord's Supper. The spiritual milk that, uh, that grows us is actually elsewhere described um, in the Bible as Jesus Christ. Jesus is the word of God. And so as we partake of the emblems of the body and the blood of Jesus, we do so because there is no other meal that does satisfy. There is no other meal that will sustain us, that will get us out the door. The reason we do this every week is to glorify God above any sermon point or story or cool video. Like we as teachers, any of us, we are going to fall short of the glory of God, but this is a visual picture of the gospel. If you've been reborn and are currently growing up into this salvation, you're welcome to the table as part of the family. If you're an unbeliever or in any unrepentant sin, I ask that you would remain in your seat on the basis of 1 Corinthians that says, you would eat and drink in an unworthy manner because this body and blood are not yet yours. You have not yet tasted of the goodness of the Lord. If you are unrepentant, Remain in your seat and do work with your Father in this time to turn back to him. It is a work of the Spirit to save you. Let the Spirit work again to bring you back to the grace of God. His mercies are new every morning, even this one. His love remains for you. If you're not yet a believer, I ask that you would pray to God to save you to make you born again into this new life of love and growth by the grace of Jesus Christ. Turn from your sins and cry out in belief in the gospel of Jesus Christ, the substitutionary atonement, the, the me for you, I will lay down my life for you, the goodness of the Lord. It's right here. Believe today. And if you have any questions about that, grab the guy next to you, the, the person sitting in front of you, Grab me. Let's talk about it. And if you're here this morning and you're struggling, you are a believer, you are a part of the family, but uh, you just don't really feel it. You want to grow, you want to be there, but you're just, you're not really sure like why you're feeling this way. I would say that you're in a good spot. It is a good thing to feel something. Dead people don't feel anything. So during this time, for all of us, here's our prayer. Father, we repent of our sins of malice, deceit, hypocrisy, envy, and slander. And we admit that the body and blood of Jesus needs to cover these sins. Would you, by your love, make us crave your word and put away our old selves? In Jesus' name, amen. God, we thank you for the good news of the gospel, for the work of Jesus Christ 
to live a life that we could not live, to, to die a death that we deserved to die. God, would you let us, uh, would you set our feet on a rock to, to feast on this word and this word alone? Would you remove any, uh, any maliciousness that we have, any deceit that we have within us? Would you, by, by your spirit, by degree, over and over and over again, continue to make us look more like Jesus? And in the meantime, we as, as broken and sinful humans, we cry out for help. This word, we do need it. This body and this blood, we absolutely need it. There is no other way except by Jesus that we see that we will have any access to you. And so it's in Jesus that we do pray all of these things. We love you. It's in, in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.